you guys can take a seat. You're in for one of the most amazing, incredible gifts today. And her name is Pastor Tammy Giffen. Um, Tammy, come on in. I need to eyeball you while I say nice things about you. Give her another round of applause. I mean, she, I could go on and on about like her capacity and abilities and all the amazing things that she is. Like she planted an incredible church that has two campuses. Am I correct? Almost back to two. Campuses. Almost back to two. Um, and again, she has a huge involvement in Alpha and so many other arenas. She has an amazing family who walks alongside of her while she does this job. But what I do want to say, Tammy, is your spirit. Um, you're such an amazing... I won't make you cry before you start, but you just need to know the gift you have in front of you today. Because preaching is great, it's wonderful, but knowing who you are in integrity and personality and your very spirit just makes this so much better. Um, would you welcome her for the third time? Because the first time was just a transition. The second time was while she was walking out. But let's really celebrate Tammy today before she preaches. Amen? I love you so very much. Have fun. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, first, I want to apologize to those of you who are visiting today and you're like, I can't wait to get to Nova Church because I want to hear Mike or Matt or Nancy preach. And you got here today and it was me. Because this has happened to me before. You're all excited about visiting a church and you get there and it's a guest speaker. So I apologize to all of you today because I know what it feels like. Uh, but I am super grateful to be here today. I love Nancy. I love Mike. Uh, actually, about four years ago, right now, uh, I was hanging out here on Sundays at Nova Church because we hadn't planted our church yet, and we were trying to learn everything that we could from these people. And so a lot of people here actually helped us to launch really, really well. And so it's really an honor to be able to be with you guys today uh, on this very hot Sunday in the summer. Um, so good on you. Actually, are you here for the air conditioning? Because <laughs> there is something really great about air conditioning on a day like today. Um, <clears throat> do you know anyone who asks a lot of questions? Right? Somebody popped into your head right now. People who ask a lot of questions. For some of you, it is your children. Your children are very inquisitive. They want to ask a lot of questions. Sometimes I kind of wish I could kind of get into their little minds to figure out, like, why? You know, why do they ask so many questions? What are they processing? What are they thinking about? Sometimes kids ask so many questions that the only answer that is left is, because I said so, right? Why, 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 why? Well, because I said so. Sometimes you just have to use that line on your kids to get it to stop. Or maybe for some of you, it's actually a coworker. You know, maybe you have a coworker who needs every single possible detail about everything, even when it doesn't affect their job at all. 
Do you have somebody like that in your life? It drives me absolutely insane. It's like an annoying amount of questions when they could just go do what I asked them to do. Some of us have people like that in our lives. On the flip side, maybe you have a friend that actually asks great questions. Mike Miller is a guy who asks great questions. Like, he can sit down with someone that he doesn't even know, and in 15 minutes, he knows their life story. He's already got them crying, and they're, like, excited to go out and conquer the world again. Like, the man asks great questions. I, I really would love to learn from him on how to do that really, really well. Do you want to know someone else asks really great questions? Jesus asked great questions. And maybe you haven't noticed it as you've read the Bible, as you've particularly read through the New Testament. So the New Testament, if you're new, is the smaller section at the end of the Bible, and it chronicles the life of Jesus and his followers. As you read it now, like look at how many amazing questions that Jesus asked. Here are just a few. Um, he asked Peter, one of his disciples, but what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Hmm. That would be a tough one to answer sometimes. He asked his disciples, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? That's another good one. How about this? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Stingers, right? They're kind of stingers. Or he asked his disciples, do you understand what I have done for you? Or as Mary is looking into the empty tomb, Jesus appears and he says, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Or how about when he says to the blind man, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asks great questions. But by far, for me, one of the most interesting questions that Jesus asks has to be in John chapter 5. And it's this fascinating story about an encounter that, that Jesus has with this man who has been sick for a very, very long time. And Jesus asks this question, which at first reading, when you first read this question, I don't know, for me, it seems pretty ridiculous. It's like a pretty ridiculous question. So I want to read this passage to you, John 5. Um, I'm going to read 1 to 5, and then we'll read the rest of the, the passage after. It says this. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was the pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. 38 years. So just for a bit of context, and to help you sort of get a picture of what this would have looked like, what it, what it, real, like a real picture of what is happening in your mind. I, I brought a picture, actually, of this, a depiction of this pool of Bethesda. Okay, so in this picture, like archaeologists in the 1960s actually uncovered the pool of Bethesda. And they described the, the dis description of the location that has these five porches. They found them all. And, and basically, they're like these steps that go down into this pool of water. And they would have this portico or like an overhang over the top to sort of protect people from, from the weather. And people with all kinds of illnesses would come, and they would sit on these porches, they would lay on these porches, and they would watch for the water to bubble up. 
because it was believed that when the water bubbled up, that there were healing powers that came through those bubbles. And if you could get to the bubbles, if you could get in the water when the bubbles came up, when it was being stirred, when this healing power was being stirred up in the water, the first person to step into that water, this angel that was supposedly stirring up the water would heal you. And so imagine... Imagine what that would have been like. And we don't have any details on what kind of illness this man was dealing with, but all we know is he had been suffering with an illness for 38 years, and he has been sitting by this pool waiting to be healed. So imagine a crowd of people. They're sitting on these various porches. They're watching for this water to bubble up, hoping that they could be the first one in. If they could just be the first one in, they could be healed from whatever illness it was that they were carrying. And in their culture, you have to remember that people with any type of disability, they were hidden away. They were seen to, to, it was believed that they'd been cursed by God. And that's why they had this disability. And out of the crowd, of all of these people sitting around this pool, waiting through this crowd, comes Jesus. And, and, and he didn't make a big spectacle. He didn't call everybody down to the front and tell them to come to him because they would be healed. He went only to this one man. Only to this one man. It says this, when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? That's his question to him. Would you like to get well? Or in in other translations, it says, do you want to be healed? What kind of question is that? Like, seriously, I'm being completely serious. When you read that question, this man has been sitting there for we don't know how long. He has been sick for 38 years. He has been waiting for his moment to jump into those bubbles and be healed. And this guy says, do you want to be healed? I mean, I think it feels like a ridiculous question. He spent these days dragging himself down to that water being run over by other people trying to get to that water too. And Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? Of course he wants to be healed. Right, of course he wants to be healed. Why on earth would he be there if he didn't want to be healed? It seems like a ridiculous question. But here's the thing. Jesus never asks ridiculous questions. He never asks ridiculous questions. And for some reason, this man needed to answer this question that Jesus was asking him. He needed to answer it. Six months ago, I was attending this uh, gathering of pastors, and, and there was an opportunity for people to come forward for prayer. Now, I have been in these situations enough times where I, I, I know when I'm supposed to go and when I'm not. You know, like, there's sometimes you just, it's not for you. Like, it's not for you, it's for somebody else, and you actually have an opportunity to pray for over people, and that's amazing. 
Um, but sometimes it is for you. And I, my, the indicators for me is my heart starts to race a little bit. You know, I almost feel a little anxious. It's almost like a little anxiety. I feel a little anxious. Um, and I just, it's, I know that's the Holy Spirit nudging me, nudging me to kind of go forward. Um, now, there have been many times where I haven't gone, even when I felt that, and I haven't gone, and I left, and I regretted it, because I left knowing that God had something for me, and I didn't receive it. But this time, I, I knew it was one of those times, so I went forward, I made my way out of the row, and I made my way down to the front, and there were a bunch of people uh, gathered around, and this 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 gentleman that I had just recently met, he walked through the crowd, he saw me, and he walked through the crowd, and he put my his hand on my shoulder, and he started to pray for me. And as he was praying for me, he asked me the same question that Jesus asked this man by the pool. He said, do you want to be healed? And I had no answer. Honest? I was a little taken back because I'm like, do I want to be healed? Why are you asking me if I want to be healed? Like, I'm fine. I don't need to be healed from anything. Like, I really didn't know why he was asking me the question in the first place. Why would I need healing? And why, even better question, why would he feel led to ask me? Some of us are like the man by the pool. When Jesus asked him the question, do you want to be healed? This is how he replied. He said, I can't, sir, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. In other words, yes. Like, yes, I want to be healed, but I can't. Like, I've tried. I've tried everything. I've done everything that I know how to do. I want to get into that water. I want to be healed. But I I lack the ability to get there. And I I don't have anyone to help me. This is what he's saying. And and he's almost given up at this point. He's run out of hope because he's never been able to get there on his own. Maybe you don't see any hope for your situation either. You've tried to, to correct things. You've asked for help, but it doesn't seem like anybody cares. Things only seem to be getting worse for you. Many people are right where this man was, with this sense of helplessness, hopelessness for, for making any change in your life. And that's exactly where Jesus wants to meet you. He wants to meet you there. You've reached a place where you have come to the end of yourself. And he wants to meet you there. When you know that the only option is him. And that you can trust the healing power that Jesus has to offer. The only possible answer to his question is yes. But some of us, some of us don't even want to admit that we need help. 
Like, like saying yes to healing means admitting that something is broken. It means admitting that something is wrong, that we actually don't have it all together, that we actually can't do it all on our own. It means being vulnerable. And, and we've tried that before, and, and somebody, somebody used it against us. Or somebody let us down. And the truth for us is we're actually not, we're not helpless enough. We're not helpless enough. We're not ready to give up on our own efforts to solve our problems. We're not ready to admit that we can't do it on our own. And we're still determined that somehow, some way, we, we can get into that water by ourselves still. We're not helpless enough. And then some of us, we've been surviving for a very long time just as we are. In our broken situation, in our hurt, in our pain, in our addictions, in our suffering. And we're actually afraid of what life would look like if we actually were healed. Because we just, we don't know any other way. Nancy was talking about Nikki Gumbel and the, the Bible in one year. I've been doing that app too. And if you're not, you should be. Well, after you do the Summer in Psalms. <laughs> just to be clear. Um, but when, when Nikki Gumbel, when, when he got to this section of scripture in the Bible in one year, this is what Nikki Gumbel had to say about this passage. He said this. Jesus says to him, as he says to each one of us, do you want to be healed? For 38 years, this man had learned to survive as he was. Now, he has to rise up, make choices, find new friends, find work, and become responsible for his life. Some of us have become dependent on our brokenness. It's all we've known. And it's actually allowed us to flee from assuming responsibility for our own lives. And even though you know that your habit is ruining your family or your marriage or your brokenness from the abuse in your life is destroying the relationships that you have or or just that hurt that you have carried with you for years and years and years, it is flowing out onto every single person that you meet. You know, even though you know, you just don't know who you are without it. And it seems easier to you to to stick with what you know than to try and imagine a different future. Some of us don't even know that we need healing. We haven't stopped long enough to even realize that we're bleeding, let alone to know that we're actually hurt. We've been pushing through with our work We have been struggling through with our families. We have been dealing with loss and death in our families. We've we've been pushing through a silly, ridiculous pandemic. And we've just been holding it all together. 
holding it together, pushing through, putting on a brave face, telling yourself you're okay. But deep down, everything has piled up and it is just sitting there waiting for you to pay attention to it. And that was me. When he reached out and put his hand on my shoulder and said, do you want to be healed? I didn't even know I was bleeding. I didn't even know I was bleeding. And it actually took me six months to figure it out. Six months of listening to what Jesus had to say. Six months of letting down barriers. Six months of thinking through all of the things that had happened for three years before. And none of them were big, huge, massive, difficult situations to go through. It was one little situation here. It was one comment here. It was one person trying to pull me down over here. It was trying to keep going, trying to get a church launch, trying to get through a pandemic, just trying one day, one day at a time. All the little things, they all just piled up, and I didn't even know that I was hurt. How many of us are living that life? How many of us are living that life? And Jesus puts his hand out and he says, do you want to be healed? Here are some things that we can learn about Jesus in this passage. Things that should help us to want to take that step towards him. In this passage, Jesus knows this man. He knows him. He knows his situation without having to be told. 38 years, he had been paralyzed, unable to walk. And and, and perhaps all of that time he had been sitting by this pool, we have no idea. Just sitting there hoping for a miracle. Jesus knew his situation. He knew. Because this is who Jesus is. He knows everything about you. Inside, out, all that you have ever felt, all that you have done, everything that has happened to you, you do not need to hide from him because he knows you. He knows you. The second thing that that we can learn about Jesus in this passage is Jesus shows compassion to this man. He chose to go to that pool. Jesus chose to go there. He didn't have to. He didn't didn't sneak up on him. He didn't just happen to be walking by and stumble across this man. That's not what happened. He knew what he was doing. And Jesus moves towards need. Not comfort. He moves towards need, towards broken-hearted sinners like you and me. He's not moving towards the proud. He is moving towards our brokenness. That's who Jesus is. So if he knows everything about you, and he is walking towards your brokenness, and towards your need, he asks you today, 
Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? The passage continues, and, and as he's healed, he's, Jesus says to him, he says, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Why pick up your mat? Why not just leave it there, right? Like, leave the past in the past. Leave the mat there. Don't pick it up. Don't bother. Why pick up the mat? He doesn't want him to have the option to come back. He wants him to take his mat with him. That mat once carried him. Now he can carry that mat. It doesn't mean that his circumstances will change completely. It doesn't mean that his life is going to be, you know, roses and rainbows. It's not what he's telling him. He's saying you can carry your circumstances differently now because you've received the healing of Jesus. Pick up your mat. Take it with you. Don't come back. There will always be some stuff that we will have to carry with us. Every circumstance in your life is not going to change. But how you carry it can Because he is here to carry it with you. So where are you today? Where do you find yourself in these categories? Are you helpless? Like, are you here today and you're just like, I need help. I need Jesus to step into this situation. I need him to heal me. He will meet you there. And maybe today you're here and and you're actually not helpless enough. You're not helpless enough. You're still trying to make this work on your own. You are still trying to do it all in your own strength. You are still trying to push through every single day to just try to make it happen. And Jesus says to you today, do you want to be healed? It's my offer to you. Or or maybe you're like me. You don't realize that you need help. Jesus says to you, do you want to be healed? Do you want to go on this journey with me to work through all of those things so I can point out and show you the areas of your life that I want to bring healing to, that I can make you complete and whole, That's his invitation to you today. And I would be willing to bet if I were a betting person that every single one of us in this room could find ourselves somewhere in one of those categories. And that there is healing to be found for you today. That you could leave here changed because you have met Jesus here. Because the Holy Spirit could be at work in your life today, bringing healing and hope. So I want to invite you today. Um, I would love to, to pray for you today. When was the last time you were prayed for? You know, for, for some of us, maybe it was this morning. For some of us, maybe it's been too long. And for some of us, maybe it's been never. I would love to be able to pray for you today. 
Are you helpless? Do you long for Jesus to step in? Are you not quite helpless enough? Maybe you could ask God to work in your heart today. Or do you not know? Do you not know that you've been carrying around hurt? He wants to heal you. He wants to create space in your life to bring healing. But what has to happen is we have to answer the question. I just really think that's why Jesus asked him the question in the first place. Because he had to answer the question. We can't assume he had to answer the question. And you have to answer that question for yourself today too. So I want to invite you all to stand with me. There's something that we always like, we talk about this all the time at Groundswell, is we try to move into a space where we just become more and more dependent on the Holy Spirit. Um, and that's just the, it's just what we do with our hands. Um, there's something different about this and this. This is holding on. This is letting go. This is receiving. But you can't receive until you let go of something. If you're holding on to something, you can't receive what he has for you. And so I want to encourage you today, if, you're, if you find yourself in that place where you're like, I need healing, or I want to need healing, and I need to stop holding on so hard and doing things on my own, or if you're like, maybe, maybe I do need healing, I want to encourage you as, as I pray over us today, I want to encourage you to hold your hands open, to let go of the things that you have been holding on to and receive everything that he has for you. It's a simple action. But there's something about us and using our physical bodies to demonstrate to God what we're, what we're expressing that's so powerful. So would you just close your eyes across this room? And if you want to receive healing today, if you want the Spirit of God, if you want the Holy Spirit to be at work in your life, healing every hurt, every broken part, just open up your hands. And we say, come Holy Spirit. Come and reign over this place. Come and, and work in our hearts and lives in a way that only you can. And move with, with power. And we stand in this space with hands open to let go of the things that we have been holding on to the control, the, the idea that, that we can do it on our own. We let go of the pain and the hurt. We let go of the circumstances. We open up our lives to you, Lord, and we ask that you would come in. That you would come in and do what only you can do. 
So Father, I pray over every single person in this room, whatever they're facing, whatever they have faced, whatever burdens that they're carrying, whatever addictions that they can't shake, whatever relationships that have burdened them and brought them down, whatever situations in their workplace and their families and just their day-to-day life, Lord, everything that they're carrying, financial burdens, personal burdens, health concerns, Lord, we stand before you with hands open, hearts open, and we answer that question, do you want to be healed? And we know, Lord, that you are standing there waiting for her answer, longing to come in, longing to step into these moments in our lives and walk with us in a powerful way. But it's up to us to answer the question. So Lord, I pray that people all over this room today would have courage to say yes. Yes, I want to be healed. Yes, I want to be on this healing journey with you. Yes, I just give it over to you. Because I know you and I trust you. And Lord, I pray that you would work in a powerful way in the hearts and lives of these people. That there would be testimony after testimony after testimony of how you came in and you healed people. Our deepest hurts. The things we're hiding in the darkness. That you came in and you healed in a powerful way. And that we were able to pick up our mat and go and tell of your goodness to each and every person we encounter. And I pray all these things in the strong and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. It's nice. It sounds good. Amen. Come on, can we just show our appreciation for Pastor Tammy again? (laughs) I love what you said when you said there's certain moments where you know it's you. And then there's certain moments when you know it's you and you go, but I'm not, I'm not doing it. And church, as we dismiss and as we go from here and as we go about our regular lives and we go to the beach and we go swimming and we go do our thing, can I just encourage you to recognize that this was a moment of encounter with the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, the pneuma, the, the, the presence that raised Christ from the dead is here and at work in us. And so if you raised your hands, if you were saying, I, 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 that's me. I need that healing. I need it. If, if you were like, I don't know if I need healing, but maybe I need to check if I need healing. Whatever the case is, wherever it is that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, can I encourage you that we are called to be a people who abide in the vine and don't separate when we walk out those doors. 
So whether it's a conversation in the lobby, whether it's the kind of thing that you're doing when you're sitting around a fire tonight, whether you go home and open your Bible, can I encourage you, this is the start of him saying, do you want to be healed? And if your answer is yes, his work continues each and every single day that we remain attached to him. Amen. So let me pray for you as we leave and as we go and have a great free coffee where it's going to be flowing in the lobby as you go to next steps. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you for your work. We thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit. God, we thank you that you're the kind of God who walks into a crowded room and sees need. We thank you that you're the kind of God who brought yourself down to earth to walk among us and that you are the kind of God who sends your, your spirit, your Holy Spirit, to have an encounter with people who need healing, who are broken, who recognize our need for you, that you rejoice when people recognize your need for you. And so, Father, we recognize that need. As a church, we need you. We're so thankful for the word of Pastor Tammy. Bless her and bless the church in Truro. Bless Groundswell and her team. And, Father, would you also continue to do the deep work of healing in our lives. So as we go from here... God, we ask as we do what we do, do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, be blessed, church. We love you so much. We'll be back here next week. Make sure if you're going to Next Steps, run back there, grab a coffee. See you next week.